Mueller and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. on the south side of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Time to go inside the Electric Factory for the next two hours. Euler Remotes with you here on a Monday where... <sighs> Arthur Motes. I... Mm, I just... I get... I'm sad. I'm sad. Yeah. I'm sad, bro. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say what Steel Nation wants to hear. I'm sad. I'm frustrated. My heart's broken. Yeah. I feel betrayed. Yeah. I still got hope. And that's what's killing me even more because I got this optimism still, just this inkling of we still got a chance, and it drives me nuts because I so wanted you're to saying be, there's a chance. I wanted, I'd rather be cut and dry. Either we're in or we're not in. You either love us or you hate us or you think we're just okay. Like it drives me nuts right now I, because now we got to hope, wish, and pray that somebody else takes care of business for us. Mm-hmm. You got to leave your uh, leave your chores for somebody else to take care of. Yeah, I. First thing I got written in my notes here, right, is I don't even know where to begin evaluating yesterday or really the last couple or really this whole season. How micro you want to go with it or how macro you want to look at it, I just I don't know, which is so – I mean, you know me. I got an opinion on everything. I got a take about everything. Yeah. I don't know how to evaluate this, Motsi. How – how do I evaluate a defense that continuously holds their opponents to 17 points or less? But are yet three and three. But are three and three. It's crazy. How do I evaluate? <laughs> how do I evaluate an offense that, that that's gone from their second string quarterback to their fourth string quarterback to back to their second string quarterback to back to their fourth string quarterback? That's, all, that's, all in the one game. That's had injuries to their number one and their number two running back, and injuries to their number one and number two and number three wide receivers, and injuries to their number one tight end, and injuries to their Pro Bowl center. How do I evaluate the coaches that have had to deal with all these moving parts every single week? I, oh, man. I, I, I don't know. I, I really, it, it has been... Frustrating, <laughs> mind-blowing. It's funny because I felt like we said this a little bit last year, but it has been just such a mixed bag of a Steelers season. It has been. There have just been so, <laughs> so many things that have transpired so many straws that have continued to break the camel's back and unbreak, the, and then the camel gets back <laughs> up, and the camel dusts itself off and works its way into Man, I don't know where to begin, but I think everything that transpired yesterday, uh, particularly with the quarterback situation and Marquise Pouncey and BJ, it, it was just almost like a perfect snapshot of the Steelers' season You know, through 16 weeks. Yeah, man, you're absolutely right. The thing that's crazy is you see this team 
and even yesterday, all the adversity they're facing, yet they're still in it. They're still having opportunities to win. They're still having opportunities to tie the game. Mm-hmm. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Because it's, it's one thing, if you are really good, that you're not worried about it, right? And then if you were really bad, you wouldn't be worried about it. I'm sure those guys in Carolina, they're like, hey, man, we suck. That's fine. We're not good. Not good. We're not good. But not for good. us, we're like, one week we feel like we're really good. Then another week we feel like we're average. And then some weeks we feel like we're really bad. It's just that wide spectrum that we kind of go against, that, that we're kind of uh, experiencing right now. And you have multiple areas where you can point blame. You have multiple areas where you can give praise as well. And some of those areas overlap. I mean, in the same breath that we're going to criticize the quarterback play yesterday, it's going to be a time where we are going to talk about how they actually provided a spark in that room mm-hmm. with a player that we went away from earlier because he wasn't providing that spark mm-hmm. to only come back in for the guy that had replaced him with that spark. Mm-hmm. It's like we're talking in circles. It's crazy. Same thing with special teams, right? Yes. So many times this season, special teams have been above the line, A-plus yeah. for the Steelers, help them get out of stadiums with victories. And then you've had some shortcomings here yeah. the last few weeks. Penalties. Penal- oh, my goodness. Penalties. And I just – the run game, too. I, it just the continued ability, despite what we all think. I mean, I, I knew this before the season. Now I think this, you know, one of the best two or three offensive lines in football. Well, see, that's another argument right there that we have to go down. <sighs> are, are, is this O-line as good as we think they are? Right. Because on paper, they should be. When we think of them, we think they are on that level. But then when we watch them, we've seen the same results for, what, 14 weeks now? Mm-hmm. Where it's just pretty good at protecting the quarterback. But, 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 but other than that, still when it comes to – A lot to be desired. Yeah, in, in terms of – moving the line of scrimmage and giving these running backs places to run. But then you also have to deal with the injury of uh, James Conner and how that's been a reoccurring theme this year as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very frustrating. Or very frustrating, excuse me. It sure is. You want to air your grievances on Twitter at Wesley Euler at TheBody52. TheBody. I, I mean, I got a question for you, man. Okay, good. Hit me. Because I was trying to figure out what I should feel like today. Should I feel optimistic Mm -hmm. seeing that, you know, because last week I had people tell me that the turnovers that we had or or that we had on offense were us. It it was just us giving these turnovers away, and we were the reason why we were losing. It wasn't that this team was beating us. So should I feel good that this is the second week in a row now that we've, I guess, given the game away? Is that is that the sentiment? Because I personally don't feel that way. But I'm asking, should I feel that we gave this away because we gave those teams those two turnovers this past game? Or should I feel, like, frustrated that we're not executing and that defenders are making plays here, mm. but yet we still have the talent to stay in these games, but we might need to reevaluate what we're doing from an offensive standpoint? Is that how I should feel right now? I, I just don't know. Man, that's a loaded question. It is. I'm frustrated, man. Um, I think it all depends, obviously, on your perspective. Um, man, should you feel good uh, about a coaching staff and an offense and a team that 
despite losing their franchise quarterback six quarters into the season, despite not having their number one running back available uh, for a large part of the season, despite not having their number one wide receiver for the last, what, four four games? Yeah. Uh, all these moving parts has well, no, 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 no. stayed in every he, game. He, he actually was. I mean, you're talking about Juju, right? Well, t- up until this week. Okay, you see, he up missed, until this. Okay, what, got you. Four, I think four. Bengals, Browns, Cardinals, Bills. Bills. Yeah. Yep, four games. The fact that despite all those, right, the Steelers have still, every game they've lost, other than the Patriots, has been a one-score game. So, yeah. like you said, they were just, hey, you know, we could talk about how Duck kind of killed him in the beginning of the game. You go to Mason, you get a spark there. It's unfortunate Mason gets hurt. you got to bring Duck back in. Duck, I think, did enough to at least put them in a position to have a chance to win the game down the stretch. So, so I don't know how to answer your question, Motsi. Should we feel good? Should we feel bad? I, I don't know. I don't I'm know. I don't know what to feel right now, man. But I do know this, is that the Steelers in the last couple weeks, right, for all the minutia, for all the different reasons, for all the things that we've talked about, I don't know if you can feel good just very bird's-eye view, right, about a team that has gone from controlling their own destiny, you know, as much as I hate that term, as much as I think that term's an oxymoron because destiny can't be controlled. A team that's gone from controlling their own fate, maybe we should say, okay, to a team that now needs help, has to scoreboard watch, has to, you know, need some favors from some other teams. It's a bad feeling. I think that alone right there is a bad feeling, right? I mean, you can't – there's no way to put, a, uh, to put a whipped cream and a cherry on top of that feeling from it was in our hands, now it's in somebody else's. Yeah, man. Speaking from personal experiences, when you have to scoreboard watch, it is not good. Now, I've been on the right side of history when it comes to scoreboard watching here in Pittsburgh, but – that's it's like a Russian roulette, man. You just never know what yeah. you're gonna get with that. Yeah. And for the the one time that it worked out for me as a Steeler in my four years here, how many times have we seen literally the year prior to me getting here, scoreboard watching did not work, and then last year scoreboard watching did not work either. So in terms of from a just historic standpoint, when you have to depend on other people to get you into the playoffs, a lot of times it does not work out your way. But but but. That's the caveat when we talk about the hope element, which is what makes us feel like this because you have this hope that it's going to work out, and then when it doesn't work out, you feel crushed. The hope is we still have a chance. Mm-hmm. We still have a chance. We're despite sitting here feeling all like this, this right? despite all the negativity, despite all the inconsistencies, despite the 22 games in a row with a offensive you can call it a turnover. You can call it a giveaway. You can call it a gift call, whatever you want to call it. 22 weeks in a row of it. That's all I'm saying. They don't ask how. Right. They ask how many. Right. 22 weeks in a row of it. That's all I know. And, and through all of that, we still have a chance to make it to the And playoffs. what now, seven or eight, or maybe it's eight or nine straight weeks with no, without two touchdowns by the offense in a single game, yet you still have a chance? Still have a chance. Whew. I don't know how to feel today. I don't know how to evaluate today. It's crazy. Uh, it's crazy, baby. It, it really is. It, I felt like again. I felt like we said this last year that last year was a man, almost like a one-off season, right? It was a weird season. <clears throat> a lot man. of all the stuff that transpired with Lev Bell from training camp to week six to week sixteen, whenever all the different deadlines were, right? Right. All the one-score games, the Chris Boswell stuff, uh, the A B stuff. It just it felt like the defense that was playing well statistically, yet just seemingly couldn't get a turnover when it mattered, couldn't get a stop in the fourth quarter when it mattered. There was just so much last year that we felt like, oh, man, it was a weird season. This year has taken that, I mean, to the next extreme. It it has just been a year where everything, good and bad, I think we should yeah. point out, 
that has been able to transpire has transpired. It it's tough to evaluate. That's what I keep coming back to is we're going to spend all offseason looking back and how do we evaluate this mixed bag of quarterbacks and skill position players and shuffling of the ro- I don't know. And I think, man, you're sitting here across from me. There's some people that are better football minds, more experienced football minds than me that are asking these same questions. Yeah, it's one of those things, though, man, when you talk about inconsistencies, typically when you have the ultra-talented teams that the Steelers are accustomed to having over the past five, six years, a lot of times you can overcome the inefficiencies, the, the, the errors. But when you don't have the caliber of talent on the roster anymore, from the quarterback position to the receivers, running backs, your margin of error it shrinks. You have to play almost perfect offensively. And when we talk perfect, not in the sense of scoring a whole bunch of points, but in the sense of you can't have turnovers. Like no adverse play. Right, because <laughs> it's okay if you have one, right, because the defense can overcome that. You see this defense, they still continue to produce the way that they're supposed to produce at an elite level. But the second turnover, it's just it's tough to continue to win at this level when you have these turnovers. And from an offensive standpoint, you're looking at when these turnovers are happening. I mean, you're driving the ball. You're having an opportunity to at least get three points. In the red zone, in the end zone. And if you get the three, you're fine. But when you're turning the ball over in the red zone, and this is consecutive weeks now that we've seen these things happen. And they've happened a bunch more over the previous 75 80% of the season as well, too. Those are the differences between winning and losing when you don't have the elite-level talent. If you have the talent where we used to think about the killer bees, right, you knew they were good for 21 points at least, you can overcome those turnovers. We don't have that type of offense right now. It's not that dynamic. Not saying that it can't be, it can't become that, but as of right now, it's not that. And that's the biggest thing that I'm seeing when I watch this team. It's a team that offensively, due to some of the younger players at critical, at critical positions, like the quarterback spot, you can have growing pains at wide receiver. You can have growing pains at running back. Running back missed the protection. Okay, it's a sack. Okay, no harm, no foul. Punt the ball. Hey, hey, fight a, wide, a wide receiver runs the wrong route or he drops the ball. It's okay, cool, he's young. All right, we'll get it right quarterback growing pains is interception the guy who has the ball in his hands every single play and that's the difference and we're seeing that this is something that a lot of teams around the league have had to experience but like i said this was our first real season of having to experience that in a long time and it's kind of a refresher a wake-up course of yep. man how fortunate we really had it here and these are some of the things that this these young uh, these young quarterbacks whether it's duck this week or if mason's able to come back and it's him that they have to understand that yo we can't keep putting this team in a bind. At the position that we play, we can't do these. We can't have these mistakes if we really want to have a successful year. And those are the things that they're going to have to address themselves and mentally lock in on and focus on. But it's tough. It's tough to be a young guy in this league and especially playing at the quarterback spot. And I think, especially with the revolving carousel that the Steelers have had in that position this year, right? Like, you nailed... You nailed it there. You hit the nail on the head when you say that these quarterback growing pains are different. They just are. Uh, we 
I'm sure a lot of people remember some of those in 2004 with Ben, but you had Jerome Bettis. You, right. had, you had that defense, which the Steelers have the defense again now. But that was Ben Roethlisberger, mm-hmm. a first-round pick. You see the quarterback growing pains, right, with Sam Darnold. Correct. Second overall pick. Correct. We saw with Josh Allen. We see, we've seen him with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Yep. Kyle Murray. Even, <laughs> even great guys like Peyton Manning came into this league, right, and threw like 23 interceptions his rookie year. It happens. It happens with quarterbacks, particularly ones that aren't third-round draft pick undrafted guys, haven't had to come in in the middle of the game, haven't been yanked and replaced in the middle of the game. Like, we're not only experiencing quarterback growing pains, but we're experiencing quarterback growing pains with two guys who the Steelers didn't think would have to be thrust into those roles this year. Correct. I mean, when you think about with Mason Rudolph, their plan for him was what? To have him sit behind Ben, learn, get groomed. When you think about Duck, they released Duck out of training camp. So that mm-hmm. lets you know their thought process for him this season. But that's how it is sometimes in this league, man. It doesn't always go as planned. Nope. And we're seeing firsthand what that is really like for these teams, especially here in Pittsburgh, because, like I said, we haven't had to experience that in so long. But the one beautiful thing is this. The, the, the positive is this. The experience that these guys have gained this year. You think about – Mason and the amount of games he played, the amount of starts he had, the amount of getting game benched, exposure, getting put back in, injuries. That, that builds character. Sure does. You think about Duck. You think about everything that Duck had to experience this year. The roller coaster emotionally of the hype train that he was in terms of him being able to come in when Mason first got hurt, win a big game on the road versus the Chargers. Goes back to the bench. Then he comes back in after Mason Rudolph doesn't perform the way he needs to perform, and he provides the spark, and now he's riding an emotional high. Everything is going, and now he's back at the bottom of the totem pole, right? Mm -hmm. Throwing some interceptions, getting yanked in the middle of a game. It's very embarrassing. But all of these things that these two guys have experienced this year, that helps them out so much going forward because you weren't going to get that anywhere else. And they're still playing very meaningful games. I agree. They're, they're, They're... Getting used to high-pressure situations. And hopefully, right, they find a way, by hook or by crook, to scratch, to claw, to get into that postseason. And then all you the things you just said about the experience and how this is building character and how you could really project some of these things to work out well in the Steelers' favor <laughs> next season. You know, to reap the, the benefits, the rewards of yes, these indeed. struggles next season. Man, if you could get these guys some playoff experience, too, uh, I think that would even... To take that to the next level. Absolutely, and I don't see why they can't have that happen. Granted, this is the situation that we're in right now where we have to depend on the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. But ultimately, they still have opportunity to go win a big-time divisional rivalry game on the road, regardless of who they put out there. And this is what I want people to understand. Just because the Ravens have the one seat locked up, from a roster standpoint, they are not going to be able to sit all of their stars. Yeah, all 22 starters like, plus like, the guys on special teams. I understand, like, people, that's the easy. They think, oh, man, they're going to rest their guys. No. I can tell you for a fact, when we have the number two seat locked up and the number three seat locked up, the only people that wasn't playing in that game, Ben, ben A.B., Le'Veon, Pouncey, might have been moaning depending on how his knee was feeling. Five to six guys tops. Tops. And Lamar Jackson already said he wants to play at least some of the game. Right, because this the, the, the flip side was this. Two weeks we, off. We, we talked about, yes, when you have two weeks off, it takes time to get in rhythm. And we were, we were the beneficiaries of that 
in 2016 when we went on the road to Kansas City. And then we were the victims of that 2017 when the Jaguars came to us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the gift and the curse. When you have that much time off, you lose your edge. I don't care who you are. I know you're going to say, well, the Patriots do it all the time. I understand that. But how many other teams have we seen outside of New England that that does not happen with? So all I have to say about that is that's a one-off. Mm-hmm. But the majority of the time when you're coming off that bye, if you haven't been playing in that last game, it takes a quarter, it takes a half to get back going, to get used to that feeling of, oh, we're really battling. And, and those are some of the things that you have to get used to. So it's not a full guarantee that those starters won't play at least a quarter. Right. They might not, but it's not a guarantee. We know Mark Ingram, so he's dealing with the in- uh, injury, so he might not dress. Okay, cool. But you don't think that uh, the tight end, Andrews, Andrews you don't think he's going to play? Yeah. You don't think their O line is going to be out there? Defensively, those guys aren't going to play. Hollywood Brown, come on, man! It's yeah. it's not a it's not a layup game, <laughs> right? Like, you really have to prepare, and, and for these guys, they're going to get the chance to have the opportunity to win in a hostile environment on the road. Because regardless of who out, who's out there for Baltimore, they're still going to want to kill us. Oh, they're still going to want to end your season hey, no without question. a doubt. And even more so if it is you know some of those second string type guys that are getting an opportunity, Evaluation. they want to go out exactly. They want to go out there and get good tape down on their resume, yep. right? For for whether it be their future contract situations, maybe free agency, maybe their role with the Ravens going forward. Certainly a whole bunch of moving parts. Luckily for Yins, we're just here to dissect it and break it all down for you and, you know, get your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your questions, your comments, concerns out there on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at the Body 52 The Body. When we come back here, there is one Steeler who was taking the blame, putting the loss on his own shoulders. I want to talk about that guy when we return. Inside the Electric Factory, you are listening to Euler and Motes. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. I want to talk about a former Steelers wide receiver and a little bath he got on the sideline yesterday at MetLife Stadium. But before we talk about him, let's talk about a current Steelers wide receiver, Arthur Motes. One Juju Smith-Schuster who is uh, is taking the blame for the loss at MetLife Stadium yesterday. This is a uh, this is Juju here, and I quote: "It's frustrating when it's the last play of the game. You expect your guy to make the play, and I didn't make the play. It's not the first time I've let my team down, and I've let down Steeler fans. I just didn't make the play. I didn't make the catch. This is Juju talking about that last play on fourth down when the pass was intended to him." Uh, he also added, all I can think about is not making that play on the last drive. This is literally the worst feeling in the world. Arthur Motes, do you think Juju should be putting the blame that squarely on his shoulders? I personally don't. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't either. It's a team game. It's a team game. It's a three-hour contest, Correct. right? Not just one play. And one play never determines the outcome of a game. Say that again for Sean Payton and all my Saints fans. But no, I will say this, though. All <laughs> plays aren't weighted the same, That's though. true. We will that say that. That is true. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, so. All plays are created equal, but some are more equal than the <laughs> yes. others. Yes. So did that play have a, 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 a larger impact than, say, a first down run for two yards? In the of first course. quarter. Right. Sure. But I will say this, man. In terms of guys doing the apologies and it's on me, it's my fault, I'm personally not a fan of it. I feel like Go out there and just do your job. Don't don't we don't need the the sympathy right now. 
get back in the lab Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, prepare yourself, and then go out there and make those plays come Sunday versus the Ravens because they don't want to hear that. The Ravens don't care about you feeling sorry about not having the success that you wanted to have this past game or the season not going how you wanted to go. That's just the cold harshness of the NFL. So I understand in the moment you might be feeling down, but when you watch the film, you're going to see it was multiple players and multiple opportunities that each person had to have a better impact on the game, and you just got to grow yeah. and learn from it. Yeah, I think so too. And it's there was if we're just going to talk about that last play too specifically, which Juju was referring to here. I mean, there was a lot of different moving parts on that play alone. I mean, the snap, snap wasn't great, protection wasn't great, the throw could have been better, throw could have been better. It's a lot to just pin that yeah. single play on Absolutely. himself. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, regardless of kind of you know where it was in the pecking order of the game, there, uh, I saw this today. And this kind of relates back to our conversation about how hard it is to evaluate this team, I think particularly outside of the quarterback play too, especially. Mm -hmm. You know if you combine – so this is each team individually, right? So whether they've used one quarterback, whether they've used three like the Steelers, I look today at the aggregate quarterback rating of every team in the NFL. Okay? So again, this is the team quarterback rating, not just one specific quarterback. Right. So for teams like – Um, the Baltimore Ravens, who have used the same quarterback the whole year, then yes, that would apply. But this is a team QBR rankings. You want to take a guess where the Steelers are, Motsi? 30 teams in the National Football League? Uh, 30. Number 30. Wow. That was a guess. (laughs) Yeah. That means a lot of these quarterback situations that we talk about, the Indianapolis Colts, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mm. the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm have all gotten better quarterback play statistically this season than the Pittsburgh Steelers. That would make it very hard for me to just pin it on one guy on the offense as well, too, particularly a wide receiver. It has been (laughs) – everyone's struggles have gone hand-in-hand. Maybe that's the the, the way that I would put it. Yeah. Everybody has played a part in this thing, man. It's unfortunate that, like I said, it's where it is today. But that's how it goes sometimes in the NFL, man. And the biggest thing is this. It's, you got to have a short-term memory. You got to be able to to the next week. You got to be like a starting pitcher in baseball, yes, right? Like yes. a hockey goalie who just had a bad outing. You got to you got to hey. put it behind you and move on because nobody else is caring about your problems. Nobody else is wanting to hear all this pity. Nobody else wants to to oh, we'll patch it back. It's okay. Don't worry about it. It's not that bad. Like nobody cares about that. You think the Ravens care? You think they care? They over here. They want to make you even sadder. They want to come in here and, and make sure that they ruin knock you out and ruin your season, and then and then dance about it, and, and so, then tell you Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, right? Because we did that to them a couple years ago. Mm. You don't think they're excited for this opportunity to get a little get back? Come on now, <laughs> better go in and get your mind right. <sighs> a whole lot going on. A whole lot to consider. A whole lot of moving parts. You want to help us break it down on Twitter at Wes Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. All right, Arthur Motes, you know what today is? What is today, my friend? I mean, it's the day before the day before <sighs> Christmas. Oh, Christmas coming up? The penultimate to the Christmas penultimate. I didn't know Christmas was coming up. I love Christmas. <laughs> and with that, today, Monday, well, I guess it could you know, it could be any day of the week, but December 23rd is always a thing called Festivus, all right? Mm-hmm. And it starts from the widely popular TV show Seinfeld. You know, ran amok across your television throughout the 80s and the 90s. Considered by many, you know, one of the greatest comedy, one of the greatest TV shows ever written. 
Well, they had this thing called Festivus, right? All right, fair where they, enough. Where they air their grievances, right? I got a lot of problems with you people, and now you're going to hear about it. It was one day a year where you could air your grievances, right? And everybody would be honest with each other. I'm kind of excited about this day. I got some grievances to air here. Well, you better folks. get it off your chest. The first one that I got is with former Steelers legend, wide receiver, two-time Super Bowl champion. Don't you do it. Don't you do that. Now wide receiver don't coach you do it. for the New York Jets. Don't you do it, Wes. Juan Hines Ward. Oh, Wes, you doing it. He got the Gatorade bath yesterday. Shout out to the bath. Now, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to speak my I'm going to speak my piece here, all right? And then I am going to concede to you. Oh man, here we go now. Because you've been on the NFL sidelines, oh, you've played college football. We doing it. All right, so you've been there. I'm this is just my thoughts as an observer here. And here's what bothered me, all right? When I saw him get the Gatorade get the Gatorade bath on the sideline, okay, fine, whatever. It was his wide receivers who, after the game, told the media that Heinz Ward asked for that all week. Hey, if we win the game, you got to douse me. Are you Are you kidding me? What's wrong with that? A 5-9 and nine team wants to douse their, their, their wide receiver coach for beating a team who's not even leading their division that's using their fourth-string quarterback wait that's minute, the walking minute, wounded minute, out wait there? Wait a minute, wait a minute. We can't sit here. Now, we pick and choose when we want to use that fourth-string quarterback excuse. When, when, when we're winning, it's like, oh, we did it with the fourth-string quarterback. Yeah, be proud of it. Then when we lose, it's like, oh, we got the fourth-string quarterback. Man. Man, it no, stop that. I don't. That's my grievance. I don't like when people pick and choose when they want to use an excuse, man. That's fair. At the end of the day, man, they won. You got some and, more and, grievances. And, and for Hines, I can understand. You know, some people want to get the bath. Asking your players for a bath for a regular season home victory. Verse, versus his former team. Versus a team that he has interned for on multiple occasions and still has been passed up multiple times. So forgive him if he felt a little chapped at the organization. Like that That's a good term. You know? Because his backside was a little chapped. You know, because I know that feeling when I had to leave Buffalo the first time. I'm like, bro, y'all, really? Really? It was a preseason game. We played up there. We beat them here in Hinesville. And I was over here ready to dance. Like, yeah, take that. Take that. If I could if it wasn't my first year in Pittsburgh, I would have asked for the Gatorade bath too. That's all I'm saying, man, because it's a different type of feeling when it's someplace you wanted to be. It's the place that you bled for. This man has won rings here. This man has done everything here. He's still around here often. And he's still around. He has a restaurant here. Like, he would intern doing training camp. And I saw him at the alumni dinner right. a couple weeks ago and, at Heinz Field. And, and, and like I said, it's not saying that they made the right or wrong decision in terms of hiring him oh, and yeah, not yeah, hiring him. Yeah, yeah. Just the competitive but nature. But just the competitive nature. Like, you take that personally. It, and it's a whole nother level. And for him, because he doesn't have the opportunity to play against the team, his next best thing is, all right, I'm going to make sure I coach you guys up. But when we win, y'all make sure I feel special. Make, make me feel like I was out there. Get me the bath. So that's why I said I could understand that. It'd be different now if we would have won. If we would have won, we're not having this conversation because now he's over there with the with the sad puppy face. But you know that's the beauty of sports, man. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, some. Man. But yeah, man, stop making the excuses. And, and, and one week is I like it because oh, it sounds good when we pump that narrative, and then when we lose, oh, now we're gonna pump it in a different way. Let's spin it this way. Like no, 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 man, own it. We've been playing with these quarterbacks for the whole season now. And I don't want to hear none of that. They fourth rounders or they they undrafted guys. Uh, uh-uh, all that goes out the window. By the time you play three, four, five, six, seven games in this league, man, you uh, you're not a rookie no more. You you you've grown up. 
You've experienced it. You know what it's traveling like. You know what the game prep is like. You know what the competition level is like. So we cannot keep using these excuses. Just my personal opinion. Kelvin Beecham, one of the most gratifying one of the most gratifying wins I've had in my career. What? Beating the Pittsburgh Steelers cover band? Stop it. Oh, Stop it. Man, these Jets are acting you. like they just knocked the Steelers out of the playoffs in a wild card game or something. You you're acting like if the Steelers were in the one, we wouldn't be in here selling wolf tickets. Yeah, we went in there and beat that trash Jets team with our backups with these guys hurt with that guy. You no. you just hit on it. That trash Jets team. Yeah, yeah. that's what we would have yeah. said. We wouldn't have acted right. like it was right. some monumentous win. Because we would have been looking from the higher up saying that we're sitting at nine wins and that's a bum five-win team. But because that bum five-win team beat our eight-win team, now they feel a little good. How many times did Calvin Beecham win the division in Pittsburgh? Didn't he have a couple, I think, a I know, pair of playoff victories with the Steelers? Yeah, because we, we got two years together, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah, he won it twice then. So, yeah, beating the cover band Steelers was more gratifying than those playoff but, wins. But I told sure. you, you, know sure. you know why? Sure. You know why, right? Sure. Do you know why? You know why. You know exactly why. I know why. Exactly. Same thing yeah. you were just talking about. Exactly why. Same thing you were just talking hey, about. Hey, I don't care what their record is. When you beat your old team, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I, it, it, they can have one win all season. But what you about when them? you leave your old I team for a care. better payday? No, no, no. You don't think you want that payday at that team that you started at? Like, let's be real about it. You don't think if I could have got the deal? Oh, same money from Buffalo. Right, that you right. Got to come I, I would have never left. Sure, sure. But it, things work out how they work out. Now I'm not regretting it by no means or no stretch of the You wouldn't be sitting here with me. We wouldn't Absolutely. even know each other. Right. Right? And, and, and let's be real about it. I'm sure Beach is not regretting the fact that he's made the money that he's made oh, since no leaving. No doubt. But you still feel some type of way because you're like, you knew I was good. I knew I was good. But yet you didn't want to pay me? I had to go somewhere else to get this money? So you know what? Yes, I want to make sure I stick it to you every time. And every time I beat you, it's going to be like Christmas. <laughs> oh, good thing it happened Christmas week. <laughs> That's just how it goes, man. I got some more grievances for you, all right? I do, too. Good, bad, in between. We're going to air our grievances when we come back. You can air yours on the Twitter.com, at Wesley Euler, at The Body 52. The Body. Conversation continues when we return inside the Electric Factory. It's Euler Emotes. You are listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. A little airing of grievances here on the day before the day before. Gotta get it off your chest, man. Everybody's upset, including me. I've got some here that I think you're going to like. I've got some that I want your opinion on. And then I've got some that I think you're going to disagree with. So you ready to get into this? A little airing of grievances? Well, I always disagree with you, Wes. Oh, that's true. See? I'm disagreeing right now. I'm that's trying to think true. of something that we agree on. Chicky Pete Fries. Chicky and Pete Fries. All right, Chicken there we go. Now we're talking. Oh, <laughs> and that we're the only two guys in the world who believe in the Patriots. Yeah, you're right. Everybody yeah, yeah. else just thinks they never they have a chance. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I got some for the some of these for you, right? Some good, some bad, some indifferent, some that I want your opinion on. Let's, let's get the rolling here. I got to air a grievance with you Paxton Lynch people. All right? Just stop. Mm -mm. Okay? You don't know more than the coaching staff. No, no, that's impossible. Everybody knows more than the coach staff. You Come don't on, know man. more. If you're saying, Motsi, these people that are saying, oh, it's Paxton Lynch time, it's Paxton Lynch time, what you're essentially saying is that you know more than all 30, 30 NFL head coaches and GMs and front offices and scouting departments because that guy Paxton Lynch has been out there available on practice squads 
Plural. There's a reason that a guy who was a first-round draft pick, what, just four years ago? Yeah. Has bounced from practice squad to practice squad, only has four starts in his NFL hold on, hold on, career. Hold on, but you got you to remember, practice squad, meaning that anybody could pick them up. Anybody could pick them up at any point in time. Yep. Anybody. Anyone. Essentially like a free agent sitting yeah, out there. Yeah, And he's still in football shape because, remember, that was the excuse that we used with some receivers at the time when we signed Deion Kane in terms of oh, him being active and on a practice squad roster and getting reps, whereas others were just sitting at home. That's not the case with Paxton Lynch. No, 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 no. I've oh, seen no. so many Twitter posts, articles, blog posts, whatever it might be. Oh, it's time to have the Paxton Lynch conversation. No, it's not. Stop it. That's an, a, just a grievance. I just had to air. I like it, man. Something I, you can get off your chest, baby. I think you're going to like this one, too, all right? Because you know who I'm putting in my crosshairs next. Uh-oh. The return of the Tom, the Tomlin haters that have come back uh, out of the woodwork. Yes. I've been waiting on them like duck hunt, baby. Oh, wait, okay. All you people talking about Tomlin coach of the year. What about now, huh? What about these last couple of weeks? What's going on with the offense? They can't run the ball. They can't score touchdowns. If there's, I got him in my crosshairs. Are you ready? If there's ever been more of a group with a lack of perspective. Talk about it. It's the Tomlin haters that have just reared their head and then gone away into the woodwork like a bunch of cockroaches and then have come back into the, the fold the last couple weeks. Did you hold on, hold on, did you just call the Tommy haters cockroaches? I called them cockroaches. Cockroaches. I love it. You know, Scarfett, <laughs> Tony Montana stuff. I love it. The cockroaches, I can't them up. Just have some perspective. Please, a just a little bit of perspective. Just a little bit. We don't ask for much, just some. Oh, man, I digress. I also... In wait, 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 no, no, no. Don't, don't you just okay. breeze by them yet. Don't you breeze by them yet. Don't you breeze. Because sometimes they need to get it. Sometimes you got to take their face and put it in it every mm, once in a while. It's true. <sighs> All the adversity. Everything this team has had to overcome. Both on and off the field. Still in the position that they are in right now. The success that this team has still been able to have. Mm. And y'all have the audacity. The mitigated goal. <sighs> Unreal. Unreal. I just don't get it. To criticize that man. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's what we're doing now? Mm-hmm. That's what y'all want to start back doing? When just three weeks ago y'all were talking about, oh, man, it's clear cut. He's the favorite, man. This dude's the beast. You trying to riverboat Ron? Is that what y'all want to do? Y'all want to riverboat Ron? I saw some Mike, Mike McCarthy posts on Facebook. <sighs> boy, boy, boy. Y'all take them wherever y'all made them post from, whether it was your laptop, your cell phone, whether it was your sister's computer, your brother's phone, y'all take that device. Y'all go right up there to the Fort Pitt Bridge, and y'all throw it in the Monagalale. Well, however you say it, Mahagalale, that river. Mahagalale. Y'all throw it in that river right there, man. And y'all should be banned from ever having the opportunity to touch any of that social media stuff and put your post out there again, man. You know who else we got to talk to? Who we got to talk to? We got to air some grievances about. The people that told you and I that we were being too negative. Thank you. When Ben Roethlisberger. Oh man, you know what? You know those what? same people who are now saying, "Oh man, this would be a ten or eleven win team if Ben was healthy." Listen, listen, listen. Where were you week two? Listen, when you were calling up Moats and I and telling us that we're being too negative. I've had multiple people come at me this year. I've been told that I was too negative. I need to be more optimistic. I was told that I don't even want to get into that. But just know what's not nice things. But at the end of the day, I hate when I'm right. I do. Because most of the time when I'm right, that means that things aren't going well. Because I'm a very, uh, I look at things from a realistic spectrum. I don't really like to put my Homer glasses on. Even though I was called a Homer, was it a week ago? Mm-hmm. Because the Bills had 
were gifted turnovers and we had lost that game instead of us winning that game. So I'm, I'm assuming I got Jets glasses on as well. You know, you did come up in here in that, just, that green jacket. and That's what it was. I was wondering why you had airplane wings across your back. And now I, it all, and now I, it all I, makes sense. I was sense. bumping J-E-T-S just, just, just the whole ride in. But my, my issue is this. The reason why I hate when we're right is because when we talked about Bingo and Dell, we said. Readjust expectations. You have to because I don't care how good you think either quarterback could be. They are not that right now. And that's what I said. Even if you were had, had Kyler Murray or Sam Darnold and, or one and, of these and, guys and in the wings. I said, I said it. I said, I said, from my personal experiences, out of all the years I've played, the amount of times where I saw a guy come in and just be the guy, just flat out the guy on that type of level was slim to none. I'm talking less than 10%. And we could go down the list of name guys. I said, even TJ, why had a great first year? It was nowhere near what it is now. Nowhere near. We talked about Bud Dupree and his struggles. I talked about my personal struggles. Then we said, let's go to the quarterback. I said, I had EJ Manuel as a rookie. Saw so that played out. I said, I had multiple quarterbacks that I played with, young guys who either were rookies or not a lot of NFL playing experience and the growing pains and all of different pedigrees with that. Yes. First round. EJ Manuel, who was a first round guy. Nathan Peterman, who was an undrafted guy. Undrafted guy. Like, I've, I've seen it all. Jeff Tool, Washington State. Never forget it, man. All these different type of guys, they'll flash sometimes, they look bad sometimes. It's the inconsistencies that are associated with young players, young quarterbacks in particular. We got called. We remember we weren't positive enough. We weren't rooting for the right team. And then I also talked about how when you make bad throws and you're throwing interceptions, how that affects your team, mm-hmm. how it's a negative effect. And then remember I was told that I was a homer because of that, because I was giving too much credit to Tredavious White. So let me guess, I gave too much credit to the Jets' defense as well, even though I talked bad about the Jets' defense. He did. It's true. I was kind of the one who was giving him credit, if we're being honest. It just drives me nuts, man. Uh, we're too negative, Motsi. You know, that's the problem. we got to stop being realistic. we just got to just be homers. But then that's the thing. If we did that, right, if we would have gone on air after the announcement that Ben was going to be out for the rest of the season and said, it's fine, this team's still winning double digits, they're still going to win the division, then, then, then everyone would have said, like, oh, you guys are crazy. You're being way too yeah. – you're being homers. Y'all are homers, man. <laughs> that's that's the network talking. The, the network page ought to say that. Last one here. Well, for this segment. i got some more that we'll get to throughout the rest of the I show. I can do this for the rest of the day. Oh, don't worry. We'll, I can do this for the rest of the day. We'll, we'll inject some of these the rest Jeez. of the day. Um, and I will say I've been a little Steeler homerish with my first couple grievances, right? I've this gone after the Paxton Lynch people. I went after some Jets. But, but you're more homer than me. I defended Coach Tomlin. You're more homer than me. Uh, I got to air a grievance, right, with James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster. For, whoa, whoa, whoa. For whatever. Whoa, wait. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Let me explain myself. I'm just saying be cautious. I'm, I'm, I'm going to lay it all out here. Be cautious. There are a multitude of different reasons that those two have had the years that they've had. Uh, a whole slew of issues from injuries to personnel availability to quarterback play to offensive line play their health obviously a litany of different things have played into the season that James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster have had but just on the surface two guys coming off pro bowl seasons Mm -hmm. two guys who we thought hadn't even hit their prime yet two guys who we were counting on to replace two former all pros in their positions it, it has been a underwhelming season. Again, for, I'm not pinning it just. I'm not pinning it on James. I'm not pinning it just on Juju. But I think you are lying to yourself. Oh, you 
going to get it. If you haven't expected more from those two this season. You know you can't say that, man. Why why are you going why are you going there, man? I'm not going anywhere. You know you can't say that, bro. You tripping. I'm not saying anything. The, res- the results <laughs> and, the, and the, the results and the numbers are saying it. All right, I guess I'll go back to my uh my 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 realistic perspective and not my homers. Take off my Steeler homework glasses. But, yeah, you're absolutely right, man. When you're talking about – Again, there's there's a million different reasons, and I'm yeah. not even saying all of them are the fault of no, no, those no, but, guys. But the thing is this. When you talk about the expectation of those two guys coming into this season and how the conversation of addition by subtraction was a theme that was thrown out a lot. When we talked about how we were going to overcome the adversity associated with Ben Roethlisberger yeah. being out for the year. Those were two of the main people that we said we were going to have to lean on. And we talked about how James Conner throughout the season had been very inconsistent. He had dealt with some injuries. We talked about how Juju, he had ball security issues. Mm-hmm. He was, in terms of just catching the ball as well, like these were some of the things that we were seeing from him. And on numerous occasions, we would give him a pass. And we were like, where's well, the quarterback play? But for me, it's hard for me to sit here and say, in particular for Juju, that he's the only victim of quarterback play when you look at Deontay Johnson and the season that he's having. He's, what, seven receptions shy of the Steelers' rookie receiving record. Mm-hmm. Like James Washington James has Washington. had a positive yes. season, all So for considered. me, I, I just I find it hard to just give one guy that excuse when right. I see two young guys, one a rookie, one a second-year player, and they're finding ways to be productive through it all. And – then we go back to the running back room. I know health has been the biggest factor for James Conner. Offensive line play as well, too. There's, yes, absolutely. Again, there's a lot of things in there. Absolutely. But for me, it's just frustrating when you expect a guy to be able to overcome Take that, that. next step. And, and it just doesn't happen. But this isn't nothing that they haven't heard before. This isn't sure. nothing that they don't know. When you ask those two guys, is this the type of season that they right, expected? Right. They'll be the first one to tell you, like, no, I'm highly disappointed in myself. This is a, a, a very below-the-line year in terms of their standard that they hold for themselves. And that's why we can say what we say, and that's why I'm saying what I'm saying, because this is nothing that they aren't already saying about themselves. But at the end of the day, it's still a very frustrating situation that we've had to endure due to – the lack of productivity from those two guys as well. We'll continue the airing of grievances throughout the second hour of the show. You can chime in on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body, where our buddy David says what he, up, David? he wants to air his grievance about how bad the refs have been this year. Uh, I'm sure that's a common one. Plenty yeah. of football fans. Uh, he mentions the head nod by the center as a false start on the Steelers last week, and then yeah. wasn't this past week. Can't remember such a stretch of inconsistent officiating. I think that's the thing that bothers people the most with the officiating, right? There's always been missed calls in every sport. It just seems like now it is so inconsistent week to week. Good call there by David. Again, get your grievances in on Twitter. We'll continue those in the second hour, but when we return, oh, man, you want the real X's and O's talk about what happened yesterday at Uh MetLife Stadium, but Uh we got the segment for you. Bring your pen. Bring your notebook. I know schools are on Christmas break, but there's no Christmas break here. Inside of Professor Motes' classroom, we will talk to the professor about some uh, some things that went right, some things that went wrong yesterday. Some things that were good, some things that were not good. Not good. <sighs> professor Motes Monday next. Inside the Electric Factory, you're listening to Euler and Motes at Steelers Blitz on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. 
Steeler Nation, how we feeling? Depressed. Well, that's good. <laughs> Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes with you here live all the way, L-I-V-E, from the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex on the south side of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Electric Factory, hour number two. You already know the drill. You want to chime in, you can do so on the dot com. That is the Twitter dot com. At Wesley Euler at the Body 52. This is the body. Where Arthur Motes is getting a pronunciation lesson here during Shout the break out. From, our, from our buddy David. Yes, indeed. Monongahela. It's funny, though. Even when he tweeted that, we both were in here saying it to ourselves like, Listen, listen. It's the reason why the Yenzers just call it the Mon. Okay, it's the Mon. You know, what's your July Fourth plans? Oh, you know, just go take the family out on the boat down to Mon and watch the fireworks downtown. Where they're gonna have the fireworks going? Fireworks. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. That's one of the most underrated Yenzer words. Fireworks. 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 Fire. I gotta work on that, man. I'm getting used to my Yenzer. Fireworks. Or, that's right. It's, it's called Pix, Pixburgies, right? Pixburgies. Yeah. You, 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 I, I didn't say Pittsburgh. I said Pix. Pixburgies. Pixburg. That's right. You know, Pixburg. if you ever need a lesson, I got one for you. Yeah. Uh, every Friday, uh-huh. this guy Wes Euler on this show, he, he sings. He sings a "Here We Go" song. No, because like I he love does a really good. I really love accent. like the "Here We Go" song. Like I miss hearing that. Actually, I wish we could just play that. Chair to Stellars. Yeah. Black and a gold. Here we go. Now, now you give me. Now I'm sad again because it's the second week in a row that we took an L with that song. Oh wow! I didn't think about that aspect yep. of it. Seven and three now. Seven and three. Still above the line, but right, that's a seventy percent win percentage. That's but we're trending good. in the wrong direction. right We now. are trending in the wrong direction. We got to get right this week. Aaron, our grievances, having some fun. Hour number two, Electric Factory, Steelers Blitz, Euler Remotes. On you Twitter. think this is fun? At West I'm Euler, set. At the body fifty two. The body. I'm set. Yeah, I could have really used a win yesterday. You know, not to make this about me, not to be a selfish guy. Wow. Could have really, really used a win yesterday. Sitting across mm-hmm. from a me guy. I could have really used a win yesterday. <laughs> I got a busy week this week. You know, you know. Shout out to the day after Christmas. That's what I'm gonna. That's where I'm going to air some grievances, too, with all you time off people. You know? Mm. Get oh. it off your chest, baby. Oh. This is like... Maybe the busiest week of the year for me <laughs> because everybody else takes everything off. See, this is my first go at this. I'm I'm still getting used to having holidays off and everybody's planning. We got to do it on this day because Christmas is Wednesday. I'm like, man, I don't even know what day Christmas is because in my mind, I'm still so conditioned to just mm-hmm. show up and work, mm-hmm. period. I got one day off this week. One. I got to do seven hours of radio the next day, so I'm going to be – Prepping on Christmas. Yeehaw! You time off people over the holidays. You bother me, not because I wouldn't do the same thing. It's because I can't do the same thing. But we're – listen, we're getting there, baby. You listen, know, we're listen. getting there. One day I'm going to be sitting in the big chair, and then I'll be making all the young kids uh-huh. – I'll be making all the young kids do all the work over the holidays uh-huh. while I'm taking two weeks off for Christmas and a whole week off for Thanksgiving. Yep. Three yep. weeks off in the middle of the summer to go to my sure. seventh beach vacation. Sure, sure will. <laughs> but for now – I just keep grinding because, you know, Professor Moats is still teaching lessons, so I'm still showing up to class. This is true. And it might be Christmas break. It might be holiday break, but you know there's always time to still fit the professor in there. What do Arthur Moats want to talk about yesterday's, yesterday's game? Well, if, you know, if you've been to class previously this year, you know, you should know there's usually one lecture point on the offense, one lecture point on the defense, but I don't want to spoil anything else. I'm going to let the professor go to work here. It is time to go inside Professor Moats' classroom. 
Oh man, oh man, oh man. Professor, did you really have to do this? I mean, come on, all my friends are home on Christmas break. I just want to go home. Well, when you give me the results that you gave me this past game, on this past exam, I feel like the the fatherly guy in me wants to give you the week off, right? Wants to just let you relax. But the educational side of me, the coaching side of me, the educator, the, the teacher side of me says I'll be doing you a disservice. It's true. I actually had a coach tell me that. It hurt my heart. Middle of the training camp. Chan Gailey, I want to kick you. Yeah, I want to kick you. Just leave it at that. <laughs> but with that being the case, man, we do have a couple of points we got to talk about today, man. In fact, usually it's just two. We got five today, man. It's going to be a little long. The first one, though, is this, man. It's a positive. Let's start on positive. Let's stay happy. Okay, I like that. Staying ready because you never know when your number will be called. Mm. And in this particular case, I want to talk about good old Mason Rudolph, man. Young Mason? Yes, indeed, man. Mason obviously had a whirlwind of a season this year, right? Without a doubt. Gets thrusted into action, is appointed as the savior. They get the franchise. Well, they, they say he has a first-round grade franchise quarterback capabilities, the expectations associated with that. Starts out okay, doesn't really live up to that. Ends up getting pulled, has the obviously the situation in Cleveland, everything that transpired. He could have easily shut it down. He could have easily threw in the towel. Could have yeah. easily had the "What was me?" party. The uh, the boo boo face. Yeah, the, with the with the violin playing in the background. Mm -hmm. But the no, Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra violin. Hey, shout out to them, man. I know a guy. But what Mason did throughout that whole humbling experience was stay in the lab. He stayed watching film. He stayed preparing. He stayed mentally locked in. And we saw when he had his opportunity. Granted, he ended up going out with the injury, but when he came in, we saw the spark that he provided. We saw how free he was playing, and we saw the qualities that he possesses that makes us all feel that he has the capabilities to be a really good quarterback in this league. I mean, when we talk about the arm strength that he has versus Duck, it was evident. When we talk about when he just cuts it loose and plays, you see the productivity that's associated with him. So it was very frustrating to see him go down with the injury after that, but he did a great job in terms of displaying his readiness both mentally and physically. I like it. I like it. Now, the next thing we're going to talk about. Is this one going to be a uh, more of a pessimistic or more, more of a nope, negative Nope, nope, nope. We're not going there just okay, yet. We're not okay. going there just yet. We're going to talk about T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree and the great year that they've continued to have. Okay. We're talking about both of these guys being the first duo since James Harrison and Mark Whitley to have 10-plus sacks, baby. Yes. Ooh. Yes, these dudes, man, they, they join a very short – but highly decorated list of 10-plus sack pairs. We're talking about Lamar Whitley and James Harrison. We're talking Joey Porter and Jason Gilden. We're talking Kevin Green and Greg Lloyd. And now you add to that list Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt. Both of these guys have been having phenomenal years. Both of these guys have been having career years. So I felt it was only right that I gave a lot of love to my past rush brothers, my former teammates, my good friends, T.J. and Bud Dupree. Studs. Studs. And, man, if I, I hate to think about what this season could have looked like if those two weren't having the year that they were having. They have kept the Steelers in a lot of games. They have made splash plays when splash was desperately needed a lot of times. And the thing that's funny, what's more frustrating is this. They're doing this while they've been trailing or in one-score games. 
Imagine if they were playing with a lead. Mm -hmm. That's How true. How many more opportunities they would have true. had to rush the passer. That's <laughs> really true. That's a great point by you. Oh, man. That's the frustrating part. But both of those guys, I mean, you got to tip your cap to them, man. Especially, like I said, TJ continuing to play at a high level. But also to overcome the knock on him of he only gets hot every once in a while. He'll, he would explode in a game, but then he would disappear. Or how Bud Dupree, they were trying to call him a bust at times this offseason. But to see both of those guys and the way that they have developed this year and produced, I mean, it's nothing short of great. And, and I definitely want to applaud them for that. I agree with you on that one, Professor. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Those two, they have been above the line all season. Absolutely. Now we're going to stay with the positive. We got, we got another positive. Okay. We're going to find all the positives today. Because <laughs> it's important that when you're coming after a very negative performance that you seek positivity that you seek find that you seek ways to grow and get better that you don't seek comfort we don't make excuses for our shortcomings no we don't do that but we do highlight the things that we have done well and we try to emulate those and continue Build those behaviors those. absolutely so with that being the case Deontay Johnson mm -hmm. let's talk about how this young man has continued to press through the the rookie wall a lot of guys experience the rookie wall because we've talked about, as a rookie, this is your longest season of your lifetime. You come from, what, 10 to 12 college games. Then you have the combine. Then you have, oh, I, I, excuse me, I skipped over a bowl game. Not sure if Deontay played it or not, but they had a bowl game. Then after the bowl game, then you have the combine. Then after the combine, you have the pro day. Then don't forget your all-star games as well. Then from there, you have rookie mini. Well, don't Ken. forget about the draft. Oh, yeah, you got the draft, too, which is an emotional roller coaster. Which where well. you're sitting there waiting to figure out where you'll be living the next years of your life. Absolutely. So you have the draft as well. Then you have rookie mini camp, OTAs, veteran mini camp. Then you have training camp, four preseason games, and the list goes on your and on and on. Your head is spinning the whole year. But the fact that this guy, I mean, it's December ball. He's still making plays. The fact that it's December ball and he's, I mean, you think about two of his last three games, this, the numbers that he's accumulated. And not only the receiving game, but in the return game as well. This guy ran back a punt two weeks ago. I mean, you look at his stats yesterday, eight catches, 81 yards, and a big-time touchdown. He still flashes a return. It just happened one of the, call, uh, one of the runs got called back. But when you're looking at Deontay, I mean, this is what you want to see from young guys when it gets late in the year. You want to see them bite down on that mouthpiece and say, I will not falter. I will not allow myself to be mentally fatigued and not prepare. And this young man has been doing a great job of overcoming that. So I felt it was only right that we highlight him in the lesson today. I like it, Professor. I like it. Is that all we got today? We got some more lecture points. Unfortunately, the class has to take a turn for the darkness. And we have to highlight a streak that has been going on now, dating back to last year. A streak that has spanned over 22 football games. 22? Oh, if you know what this streak is that I am referring to, please raise your hand. Ah, oh, yes, young man in the front. <laughs> Which streak am I talking about that has transpired for over 22 games, baby? Might even have been one that I had written down in my grievances oh, here. Oh, man. Professor, 22 straight games for your Pittsburgh Steelers oh, man. with an offensive turnover. No, 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 not an offensive turnover, an offensive giveaway. It was a gift. We allowed that to happen. That was what we did. No other team over these 22 games has done anything to take the ball from us. We have given them away. So, 22 games of those. 22 games is far too many. 22 games is highly unacceptable and in fact 
I wish we looked into the numbers in terms of how many of those 22 games were multi-turnover games. Cool. I don't think we'd like that research, Professor. I don't either because this is back-to-back -back weeks. The returns on that research yeah. would not be positive. We're seeing in back-to-back -back week what it looks like to have, what, six total interceptions? Seven total turnovers if you include a fumble? It's unacceptable. That's losing football. Particularly when multiple of those came in the red zone. Absolutely. Makes it that much worse. That's the, I'm going to take the cherry off of the top. Taking points off the scoreboard. Yes, indeed, man. And, and that ultimately puts your defense in a bind. That puts you in a situation where a team can hold, in terms of this defense, holding multiple opponents under 17 points and still be 3-3 three and three in those games. When you have this many turnovers, when you consecutively have turnovers, and you have multi-turnover games in the red zone, in the red zone, it kills you. It does not give you a chance to win. It is very detrimental to your team's success and well-being. And that's what we are seeing. This year has been a direct correlation to that because we do not have the time that we're accustomed to having in terms of overcoming these errors. So, yeah, that was that point. But I will say this. I have one last point that is a positive. All right. I like how we're getting out of here. <sighs> Let's just talk about the importance of the short-term memory, baby. Hey. Out of everything we just talked about, out of all the streak of 22 turnovers and uh, 22 games with the turnover, out of all the multi-turnover games, out of all the one offensive touchdown games, guess what, though? Guess what we have this weekend? We still have another opportunity to be successful. We still have been blessed with another opportunity to make the playoffs. So it is going to be critical that Mr. Devlin Duck Hodges, if he is the guy to go, to get the guy to get the nod on Sunday that he has a short-term memory that he says I'm not worried about those six interceptions baby forget those they're over it's done it's good it's not good I, I, I would ask Doug to look up one former teammate of mine good friend of mine by the name of Ryan Fitzpatrick he is the king of the short-term memory because that's a young man they could light it up and stink it up in a matter of a day a matter of minutes but when he's on he's on so Doug when you're on we know you can get on baby Flush it down the toilet, short-term memory, focus on what you did well, and carry that over into this Ravens game. And as a team, don't care about the fact that you guys lost this last game and that you don't control your own destiny. Don't care about the fact that now we got to hope and wish. No, understand this. You have an opportunity versus the Ravens team to beat them, to beat them. And if things don't transpire the way you want them to transpire, you at least going into the offseason on a high note. Steelers haven't lost their last regular season it's game. years. I think in this decade. Yeah, because like I said, not playoffs. It's playoffs. It's, right. It's I'm talking one week one, 17. Week 17. They have not yeah. lost week 17 I would say, in I, yeah. a decade. Yeah, absolutely. That way you book it. Regardless of who's out there, you're winning. So with that being the case, Pittsburgh Steelers, go out there and get the job done on Sunday, baby. I like it, Professor. I like it. Any questions, comments, concerns, reactions for the professor on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. When we come back here, we will continue to air some grievances to break down some reaction to Steelers Jets yesterday. There's also some happenings around the National Football League that I want to look at with Motsi as well. So get your tweets in now. We'll get to them here in the next 40 minutes or so inside the Electric Factory. You're listening to Euler and Motes. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR.
This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Aaron, some grievances here on a Monday. It doesn't feel like a Christmas Monday. You know, tough, tough, tough one for the Steelers at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey against the Jets yesterday. Hustle and bustle down here is more uh, more football and gridiron related than it is uh, holiday greetings, Motsi. This is true. Um, but we are we are plugging along. We're having some fun. We're trying to bring a holiday flavor today with our festivus airing of grievances. And, and the lit one, Rebecca, points lit, out. Lit, lit, lit. One here on Twitter that I had to get to and that we discussed there too. Uh, lack of touchdowns and abundance of turnovers. Unfortunately, uh, Rebecca abundance. says, my grievance is only getting to high-five my buddies once a game for offensive touchdowns for more weeks in a row than I care to remember. Uh, that's what I've got down here in my airing of grievances. Lack of touchdowns and 22 straight games with a turnover. Arthur Motes, Mm-mm-mm. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how good your defense is. You're going to find it hard to have consistent to success, to stack a ton of wins long-term when you're turning the ball over every single game. Uh, and then when you combine that with the fact that you've now, what, I think it's eight straight games, seven straight games, only scored one offensive touchdown, those two, thing combi- those two things combined, again, I, I don't care if you got the 85 Bears playing defense, it's not a recipe to have much success. Yeah, and the thing that's frustrating when you think about just talking about the uh, amount of one offensive score games it's not as if you're playing against elite-level defenses every week either. Right. There have been some very mm-hmm. average at best yes. defenses that they've played against and yes. they still haven't been able to successfully move the ball. I'm trying to just look back and see over the course of this season, the last – I think the Dolphins game was the last game they scored multiple touchdowns on offense, right? Because they did score multiple touchdowns in the Rams game, but one of those was on defense. Was, was Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Or, sorry, Colts game. Yeah, no, Minka, Minka scored in the Colts game, pick six, and then had a scoop six. Yeah, versus the, uh, in, the in, Rams. In the Rams game. Browns, no. Bengals, no. Cardinals, no. Nope. Bills, nope. Those returns are not great. Yeah, that's just so frustrating to think about, man. It really is. It's, like I said, I don't care how great your defense is, and the Steelers have had a great defense this year. Those two things combined, a lack of touchdowns and an abundance, a consistency of turnovers, are going to make it uh, very difficult for, for anybody to win games regularly, consistently um, with those circumstances. Another one, Motsi, that I think kind of plays into this as well too, is the slow starts, the bad starts. And we've seen that from the offense and the defense. Yes, I was going to say defensively, that was the one thing that I was not very uh... – proud to see. I mean, We've seen that a couple weeks in a row now where yes. the other team came out and clearly and was able to, was, was able to move a, the ball. A, a long drive too to start it out, man. Mm-hmm. But the thing that we talk about when we're discussing the margin of error in this defense, they don't have the luxury of being able to start slow or to spot a team points. Right. And it's something that we, we, we've had this conversation before mm-hmm. from a team. They've had it before. And it's just they have to understand, like, they don't have the luxury like they used to. When you have 
been at quarterback, you can give up a touchdown early and know that you're still going to be fine. That's not the case right now. The, 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 as this thing narrows, I mean, and it's getting close to a close right now in terms of that window. Yeah. You can't start slow. You can't allow cheap points because really <laughs> once they're on that board, they don't get taken off. And realistically, we could say that was the difference in the game if we wanted to. We could make a case for that. Yeah. And those are some of the factors that go into when you're watching this team and, and the success they're having and the lack thereof in some departments as well. There's an old adage, I wonder if you ever heard this, Uh-oh. that you can't win a game in, uh-huh. the, in the first quarter, but you can lose a game in the first quarter. Strong possibility that that is a true statement. That That's a little too extreme, but that's kind of how I feel about the position that the Steelers have put themselves in. You get what I'm saying? Like, yes, I, I realize that in, within these these games they've come back and taken leads, but it's like when when you're starting down with – you know, the litany of things they have going on on offense. A, a team that needs their defense to, you know, 17 points or less, needs their defense to create splash. It's what you alluded to, too. When it, and when another team has a lead on you, it's harder for your defense to pin their ears back and go get after the quarterback and take yeah. the ball away and create those splash plays. All of these things are intertwined, and it feels like, man, like, they have – it's like they're digging themselves a hole in the first quarter on the offensive side of the football and then having to dig that – dig yourself out when you're shorthanded, when you're on the road. It's not good. It's not good. Not good. It's very tough to do, man. It's, like I said, very frustrating too because you know how good this defense is after that though. Mm-hmm. You saw how they played after that. Mm-hmm. But you can't have – that because like you said this offense isn't built to play from behind this team operates a lot different when they're in the lead and and look the only time we've seen it work out well for them was the Dolphins game that's it and and we talked about how in that Dolphins game (laughs) it was some calls that were made by that Dolphins Mm -hmm. coaching staff Mm -hmm. that left us all wondering (laughs) where somebody out here point shaving some some business decisions were made. Where there's some Pete Rose going on. Some business. Some uh, what's the guy from the Cardinals? Josh Shaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, guy from the Cardinals who just got busted. Yeah. Uh, Arthur Motes. Another another grievance we got to talk about. Lack of run game. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of these struggles that we're discussing, right? The not being able to score multiple touchdowns in a game. Uh, the bad starts. Mm. And even maybe the turnovers when you find yourself in situations where you got to throw the ball more at the end of the game. Yeah. All work hand in hand. And again, this is another – I'm not pinning this on any one person. It is for a litany of different reasons. There are a bunch of different issues that play into this. But all season, the Steelers have had their struggles running the ball, and that lack of a run game has contributed to the Steelers coming up on the short end in some of these one-score games. Yes, indeed, man. And like you said, it's for multiple reasons, whether it was injuries, whether it was just lack of productivity, whether it was bad play calling. At the end of the day, you have to be able to run the ball in this league, especially – when you have a young quarterback, when you have an offense that isn't as productive as you would like it to be, you have to find ways to run the ball. And right now, they just haven't been able to do that. And I think that's been one of the things that has really hurt them the most, more so because the receiving group, regardless of the productivity from uh, Juju or not, they still have had other guys make plays. When you're talking about Deontay Johnson, when you're talking about James Washington, but their running back room as a whole just hasn't been above the line. Only five games this season out of 15 that they've rushed for over 100 yards. And that's as a team. Not, not, a team. Right. Not, not, not a single not player. Not a single player. As a team. As a team. That's, that's the issue. Mm-hmm. 
It is. Again, particularly like you said, when you're depending on young, inexperienced quarterbacks. Yeah, because right now it's been, what, only one game where we had a, a, a player rush over 100 yards, and that Correct. was the uh, the Dolphins game, which James Conner ended up getting hurt in. Yep. Yes. Yeah, Benny Snell disaster. got close. He had, what, 92? Cardinals, or was it? No, no, it was uh, Bengals. Bengals. Okay. Bengals went yeah, for 92, 96, yeah. something like that. Yeah. He was close. But – Again, it's been a, a theme throughout the year, the inability to establish that run game, which was so critical for the Steelers in, in the past few years, has uh, has struggled to get going this year. All right, Arthur Motes. You about to make me sad again? No. Well, maybe. Oh, man. You doing? know, I, I said, too, that we were going to do a little around-the-league talk in this segment, <sighs> along with the airing of grievances. Mm-hmm. I gotta put you in the crosshairs, Arthur. There Ross. we go. Now we're talking. Now we, you know hey, why? It wouldn't be a party if you didn't point the finger you at me, baby. You know why I gotta air some let's grievances say, about let's, you? Hey, we're gonna find out today. I gotta air some quarterback grievances about you. Oh, I like it. You know, all year you giving me grief about uh-huh. the Vikings and Kirk Cousins, and then I said I loved them until a couple weeks ago. You loved them. I, I couldn't and help myself. And then for for a few weeks you giving me grief about the yeah. Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, and then I loved them until you got them higher than me on your power rankings yeah. next week. Yeah, and I do then all oh, see you and I we got into a huge argument one day. It almost took over the show about it your did. boy Dak Prescott, whose numbers are still. Some of the best in the league right now. You want to talk numbers? I'm just throwing it out there. You want to know who was the first quarterback in NFL history to have no, three no, no, straight no, 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 games? No, 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 not first quarterback in history. Thirty Let's, or hey, more hey, completions. Hey, who who's leading the league in passing yards per game? I don't know, but I do know it's Dak Prescott. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, what did he do yesterday? Hey man, yeah, yeah, you can't have more. What's he done the last three weeks? Hey man, sometimes you run into a wall, man. Oh, but you told me Carson Wentz, he's the big pay guy. He's got to go out. He should much, go out there and do it himself. Don't how much talk is about he making? weapons. How much is he making? A lot of money. How much is and Dak making? He, or he's about to get No, that. how much is Dak making right now? Who cares? <laughs> what? You just said to me, what? Carson Wentz is the $100 million man. Yes! The $100 million man went out there the last three weeks in the fourth quarter. The last three weeks? What has he done the whole season? Crunch. What's he done the whole season? He's got his team in a playoff position oh, where man. your boy Dak is on the, is getting his head coach fired with Amari Cooper and Randall Cobb listen, and listen. Tavon Austin. If they the would have won yesterday, if they would have won yesterday, if they would have clinched. If, y'all haven't even clinched yet. Y'all? What do you mean? Y'all? Don't say Eagles y'all, okay? You are a Philly guy. We know this. Last three Weeks, Carson. You know, because that's what you always said yeah, to me, right? Yeah. Uh, Carson Wentz isn't good when it matters. Oh, they should have kept Nick Foles. All, all I'm saying is this: they should have kept Nick Foles. I'm glad. I am, hey, look, look, I'm glad we're doing this. You know why I'm glad we're doing this? Because we talked about this yesterday too. I said, man, it's crazy that Carson Wentz's signature game, his statement game, that has you in here beating your chest, is versus seven and seven Cowboys team with, like we talked about, right? A coach is about to get fired. Uh, a quarterback that you're not high on and all this stuff, but that's his signature win. That's his woo! Oh, but you told me last week, right? What's up? That, oh, it doesn't matter that two of his offensive linemen are out. That his number two, it his, his top two wide receivers Wait, are out. When that you're his getting number one paid tight, right. a hundred million. You go out there and you win the game. You make the Cowboys situation, their record doesn't matter. Their head coach situation. Like, you tell oh, me. Hey, you hey, go hey, out there and hey, make it happen. You make it happen. Who went out there and made it happen? Hey, he got lucky yesterday. The guy with the best offensive line of he football, got lucky the guy yesterday. with Zeke Elliott, hold on, hold on, he got lucky yesterday? He did, because let's be real. Huh? Let's be real. Huh? So they, so, so that, that throw at the end of the game to, uh, to Gallup, you weren't nervous about that? 
I mean, I oh I'm oh nervous. oh yeah yeah I'm you were. I'm not an Eagles you're fan. An Eagles Why would fan? I be nervous? Come on, man, you're an Eagles fan and a Brady lover. You always you were told nervous. me Carson Wentz, he ain't good when it matters. They should have kept bad. Nick Foles. They Carson Wentz, the they first should've. first as in the they only and the first quarterback in NFL history, uh-huh. three straight games now with thirty plus completions. That's the list. Carson Wentz has he NFL, won a Super Bowl yet? Has, what, what, or was he been, has he been carried to bring, a Super Bowl? You want to bring that up in the Dak conversation? Or did he get carried to a Super Bowl? What's Dak's signature win? You want to talk signature wins? What's Dak's signature man, win? Man, he came on the road and beat a Pittsburgh Steelers team. He did. Him and Zeke. He, oh, so four years ago. Him you want to talk about a win that Him Dak had four years ago. I'm just saying that's one of them. You sound like a Cowboy fan. That's just one of them. You want to talk about the Super Bowls in the 90s, too? That's one of them. That's all I'm saying. Super Bowls in the 90s, Hey, 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 hey. We do it in Pittsburgh. We ain't going to go there now. Let's go. Three weeks. I like it, man. Keep it short. What happened? What happened? What, three weeks. What is the whole the season? What does the whole season look like? It looks like the Eagles are in the playoff position right now, and no, the no, Cowboys no. aren't. But we're talking direct player to player, right? Yeah. Over the whole season. Yeah, it looks like one of them's in the playoffs and one isn't. No, 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 no. Actually, nobody's in the playoffs well, right now. Yeah, yeah, technically. That's fair. That's because fair. y'all go out here and choke this Sunday. You keep saying y'all. Well, All right. Because you're if the Eagles, Eagles go out there and lose to the Giants, my my hey. life is not going to be. I'm still going to think Carson Wentz is better than Dak Prescott. I understand. I'm still going to think the guy that the last three weeks without his best. I love how you just keep saying the last three weeks, the last three weeks. The you last always weeks. told me because Carson Wentz isn't good when it matters. Because hey, isn't he's this not. isn't December football what matters? The whole season matters actually, but we're not going to. Oh, gonna, here you I, go. I'll say the whole season matters. Thirty-four for forty-two, four interception, four touchdowns. Pardon me, and no interceptions. I hey, think that's man. being pretty good when it matters. Hey, I'm I'm proud of him, man. I'm I, proud of him. I'm not proud of him. I'm just. I'm proud. Of I'm him. proud that your boy Dak has I'm finally continued to because, show because, his true because, because because you saying you're saying over the last three games, right? Yes. The last three games, correct. He hasn't turned the ball. He has no interceptions, right? No interceptions. Four touchdowns. Okay, four touchdowns total. And you know what Dak Prescott's done his last three games too, right? I do not, but I know that I know <laughs> three, that he three lost. touchdowns, three touchdowns, zero interceptions as well. Yeah, but take out the Rams game. He only had two touchdowns in the Rams game and had one versus the Bears. How many did he have yesterday, last night? Oh, uh, well, we the, know that. In we, the we know that. game of his career. We know that. Right? We know that. That's what Dak called it, the biggest game of my career. Because How he was he playing do? hurt. Because he was playing hurt. Oh, but that's not an excuse for Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun no, 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 Jackson no, no, no. and Zach I said, Ertz. I said that's why Prescott said it's the biggest game of his career. Because he had to play hurt on the road in a game that cost the division. Oh, and that's why the, he said he's that. He's the only quarterback that's ever had to play hey, on the hey, road, hobbled up in a big. East all I'm saying one. is that's Ben's, why he said Ben's never done that. Hey, he said that was his biggest game. I didn't view that as his biggest game. Your boys, Dak Prescott, hey. and you said he's not about to get paid, Dak. I said you that don't think he's Carson about to get Wentz, paid. You think he's going to get more than Carson Wentz? Yes, I do. That's how NFL quarterback <laughs> doesn't the guy the next year always get more than the guy the last. You know what I'm Dak saying? Dak said he wanted forty. Like. Matthew Stafford Dak got more. said he wanted 40. You know, that's going to be tough to negotiate when you ain't even winning a division that's going to be won hey. by an eight-win team. I saw him say he said he won 40. Yeah. What, 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 man, what's Carson Wentz stats for the year? I don't know. Pull him up. You got a computer right there. Pull him up. I don't know. All I know, up. all I know is how he's been the last three weeks. Oh, uh, yeah, the last three weeks. All I, know I, like, is I, I like how you just keep, receiver, keep it at the last three weeks. That's hey, you safe. told me he's not good when it matters. That's uh, what all I'm saying is Dak over the last three weeks, is hey, numbers look identical. Hmm. That's all I'm saying. They look yeah, identical. Do their weapons look identical? What? Omar Cooper was hurt yesterday. Was he not? <laughs> Did you not see? I almost texted you when it <sighs> happened, right? But I wanted to wait till the game played out. In the fourth quarter, uh-huh. with five minutes left, with Tavon Austin single coverage on Rasul Douglas. Oh, man. Talk about a little bit of Mountaineer on Mountaineer. Crying. Oh, man. Bum when, on bum. When Tavon Austin was streaking wait, wait, 60 it was bum yards on bum. down the tell field. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Oh, and wait a minute. Wait a minute. I just pulled up his stats. No, 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 no. Cut no. me off here. You All right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. 
with four minutes left in the game when Tavon Austin was streaking down the field so yes. wide open, Arthur Motes, you could have made that pass. You're right. And your boy Dak overthrew him by five yards. Now, I'm glad that we went here because I had to pull up your stats. Gave me enough time. You talk about throw out that Rams game. Your boy Carson Wentz threw for three touchdowns versus the Redskins. One of the worst franchises in the NFL right now. Are we serious? Throw that game out and win his numbers. They are exactly identical. Exactly identical. Are you, you want, look at the what's the passer rating from yesterday's game? Oh yeah, he was at 108. He he bought out yesterday. I give him that. Without a doubt. But all I'm saying is don't don't try to give me on this last three games when he played the Redskins and the Giants his last three games and that was going against the Rams and the Bears. I think the quality of opponents are drastically different. Yeah. We're talking about defenses. Yeah, and who's that's Dak, all I'm who's saying. Who's Dak handing the ball off to? Who's oh who's he man, he, the ball to? okay. So if that's the case, hey, if you oh, no, 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 quality no. of opposition, Carson, let's talk Carson wins three. Car let's read Carson wins stats. The rails here. Carson wins three thousand. I don't want to talk about Thirty-one yards, twenty-five touchdowns, seven picks, sack thirty-five times. Dak Prescott, 4,000 yards, 4,334 yards, 26 touchdowns, 11 picks, only sacked 18 yeah, times. Yeah, because he has the best oh, offensive line in football oh, and one of the best three running backs in football. Oh, oh. QBR, Dak Prescott, 99.3. Carson like, Wentz, 92.3. You're, you're trying to argue, for, oh, the you're trying to argue for the fact that Carson Wentz what? has been sacked three, three times as many times. What's the QBR? Against Who's QBR? Against Carson? Who's QBR is better? Who's QBR is better? I, I wasn't listening to what you just said there, if we're being honest. Because Carson I couldn't Wentz, get past the fact that Carson you were holding the Wentz, fact that he's been sacked three times Carson as much against Wentz, him. Wentz, QBR is 92.3. Did you hear that? Carson was 92.3. Okay, Dak Prescott, 99.3. Oh, wow. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, one's, wow. one's better, isn't it? Yeah. Passing yards. Passing oh. yards. Carson Wentz, 3,431. 25 touchdowns. Dak Prescott, 4,334. Mm. 26 touchdowns. Mm. One's better. Mm. Are, you, are you seeing the trend here? Yeah, I'm seeing you just want to look at, you know, you're like an analytics guy. Oh, my God. You're like one of these baseball nerds. Stop that it. Doesn't want, you just want to look at the numbers. Stop it. Right? Because Amari Cooper oh, doesn't matter. Because wow. Randall Cobb doesn't matter. Oh, because Zeke wow. Elliott doesn't matter. Now we're doing that. Excuses, excuses, excuses. One's a better player this year. That's what I'm saying. Who's playing better this year? On just, a, no, no, just on, on, I'm going to answer your question. No, no, no. It's I'm a simple yes or no. I don't, I don't want to hear all the Who's excuses. Playing better Who's this year? playing better this season? Dak Prescott. Thank you. Who's all playing right, better and, right and, now? And, and, you said this season. Great. Who's playing better right now? Carson it's a whole Wentz. Season. It's a whole season. Okay, yeah, great. Season. And one of them is going to be in the postseason. The other one isn't. Well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Most talented roster in football. Oh, here you and, go. And the quarterback's getting the head coach here fired. No go. injuries. Great offensive line. Great defense. Hey. No excuses. Head coach is about to get fired. Make, hey, make all the excuses you want. And it's funny, that Redskins game that your guy threw I'm for three. I'm not making any excuses. Hey, all I'm saying is, My man. guy's in a playoff position. Your guy. He is, too. Your guy couldn't get a, couldn't get a flight home out of Philly play? yesterday. Hey. Did you see that? I did not. know. Dallas is playing. They had something wrong with it. So they got stuck in Philly for like three hours. Yeah, I've, had, I've had that happen. Doesn't that just sum up the Cowboys season? <laughs> and it's after a loss. And it's funny. I had that happen to me after a loss, too. Coming out of Seattle. We were flying back from Seattle. The year we lost, I think it was 15. We lost on the road there. Our plane, similar situation. Really? We sat on the runway for five hours, bro. Oh. After a loss. After a loss. Miserable. That's, that's got to be the Miserable. Oh. oh, man. Oh. Yeah. All right, tweet us your grievances. We'll get to those before we close out the show. You know, Arthur Motes is glad that we just had some Cowboys-Eagles talk there because oh, he didn't want to talk about his Buffalo Bills and what went on there. Why, why, why is it always my, my, my? Why, why are you doing this? It was to your boy, Tom Brady. <laughs> so I know you were happy. 
shout out to the Fox Best Sports app. Took my money. Mad. Me too. I had a rough weekend. But we'll talk about that on Friday. Yeah. It wasn't good. We'll get to your reaction when we return again at Wesley Euler. At the, uh, Rebecca says we need to thumb wrestle, and whoever wins picked a better quarterback. Ooh. I think Moats has got me on that one. Nah, I mean, man. You, you, got a, you got elite level thumb he's flexibility. He's stronger. Though, bro. He's got bigger hands. But your hair is way better than mine, bro. That is true. Yeah. You got the juice, bro. At Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. We'll wrap up the show when we return inside the Electric Factory. Steelers Blitz on Christmas week, week 17. A whole bunch going on. We'll put a bow on it all when we return. Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Wrapping up the show here on a Monday, December 23rd. Happy holidays to everybody. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. I hope you are with loved ones, travel safely, and, uh, and, you know, health and happiness in 2020. Uh, Arthur Motes, he was so distraught, you know, about his boy Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys that he took off on us early here. <laughs> no, that was planned, but I'm going to tell everybody it was because, you know, he just he was tired of the Dak Prescott conversation. Like David says, I wish Mommy and Daddy would stop fighting. No, I promise you, uh, it's all in good fun here. Motes and I, we like to uh, get fired up and yell at each other sometimes, you know, but it's, I don't want to say it's all feeder because I really do think Carson Wentz is the better quarterback. He really does think – usually when we get into those arguments, right, like he thinks the Vikings are better than the Packers. I truly think the Packers – we're not just playing for the show, but it is maybe some added additional theatrics for the show. But Moats downstairs doing some Steeler TV stuff right now, so you can catch that later. Reminder, if you are traveling, if you're going to miss the show, if you're one of our loyal listeners, maybe if you're a new listener, you just need something to uh, to listen to in the car while you're traveling, while you're – sitting around roasting chestnuts on an open fire, whatever it may be. Steelers Blitz, that's where you can find our show, podcasted every day. Steelers Blitz, that's Blitz with a Z. You can find us where you get your podcasts. All right, let's take some uh, some Twitter questions here as we wrap up the show. Brian says, I am proud of this team doing the best with what we have. We have Steelers fans that unrealistically look, uh, or that have unrealistic expectations. Look at the Browns. Uh, what is their excuse for sucking? Yeah, I listen, uh, Motes has alluded to this before. At the end of the day, it's a results-driven performance. Just because you have a bad, if you have an underperforming season, if you have a quote-unquote bad season, people aren't going to be playing the sympathy violin for you just when things work out the other way. If you have a year where you remain mostly healthy, you know, people aren't going to be pointing their fingers at you saying, oh, well, that's not fair. It kind of is what it is in every professional sport, but particularly football, one where we know injuries are just such a prominent part of the game. It's not if, right? It's when you're going to get injured, banged up playing football. But I, I do think along Brian's line of logic here too, just because the standard doesn't change, right? I think expectations can. Yes, before this year, we all expected the Steelers win double-digit games, win the division, contend for an AFC championship, uh, you know, try and get to a Super Bowl, then win a Super Bowl, climbing that ladder. We all expected that. And I don't think you have to make a ton of excuses for this team and where they are now, right? Because, again, I think it's okay if your expectations within a season 
are adjusted. You shouldn't be happy, right? It's it's not this. It's it's not a changing of the standard is the standard, but it is just a a little bit of adjustment and realize the the tools the weapons that the Steelers have had in their arsenal this season and what they've been able to do, how they've been able to stay alive uh, despite hit after hit after blow after blow. I do think, Brian, that is certainly something you can be proud of with this team this year. Matt chimes in here on Twitter along the airing of grievances. Uh, in relation to our, you know, talking about James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster off Pro Bowl seasons, uh, disappointing to this point for the tight end so far. Uh, need more out of Vance McDonald, need him to be healthier. Uh, Matt jokes, hey, let's get Heath Miller out of retirement. Uh, but I do agree. We all know what Vance is capable of, and I think what maybe makes that a little additionally frustrating this year, if you will, is that Vance has actually had a pretty good luck, at least as, at least as far as we know, in terms of his health. Uh, Nick Vanette as well, too. Obviously, a lot of things going hand-in-hand with the quarterback carousel and, and, and those guys being banged up at, at separate times. But, yeah, I, I think it's certainly fair to say that you got a grievance with some of the uh, some of the lack of tight end production this season so far is, is how I think uh, I would put it. Tanner asks here, do the Steelers go after Heinz Ward as a receiving coach after this year since the passing of Coach Drake? Obviously, it would be uh, really hard to move on from Coach Drake, but what is that something you could see happening? Uh, I think Heinz Ward would love to come back to Pittsburgh. When when Moats and I were joking about the Heinz Ward Gatorade shower earlier in the show, uh, we mentioned he is a guy who's around here often. Uh, and I'm not a stealer. I'm not a part of the organization. I'm somebody who's around. I think I've seen Heinz Ward probably two, three, four times around Pittsburgh this season alone, and that's with him being the Jets receiver coach. I mentioned I know he was at the alumni dinner. Um, he was at the Hall of Honor when he was honored, obviously, by the Steelers, put into the Hall of Honor. So he's a guy who is around. He is a guy who still has Pittsburgh pride, roots in western Pennsylvania, uh, obviously still very close with, with a lot of the members of the Steelers organization. I don't know what the Steelers plan with kind of the coaching receiver coaching position is once this season is over. I know that they do have um, some candidates in-house, obviously, as well, too. Um, but it, it's certainly something to keep an eye on, and, and I do think if the interest was there, Heinz Ward would, would, certainly, uh, would certainly want to have that conversation, uh, no doubt without that, about that part of me. Uh, David, talking about... Um, snaps here on Twitter. And that was something I don't know in our airing of grievances. My final notes here, drops and snaps were something that I had written down. And again, multitude of different reasons. It's not like we're pinpointing this on one thing. Uh, And it hasn't just been Marquise Pouncey with the snaps. We saw some similar struggles from BJ Finney yesterday. But for whatever the reason is, right, just on the surface, the center to quarterback exchanges have not been good enough this year. And the drops, just the catching of the football, I think particularly early in the season, you know, those first five or six games, that was something we talked about for those Steelers wide receivers. Maybe if that wasn't an issue early in the season, you find yourself on a victorious side in one of those one-score games and how things could be differently now. But, hey, that is why you play the game, and, and that is why, again, it's it's been a tough season to evaluate. But we will continue that Uh, on Thursday, I should say. No show tomorrow. It'll be the Mike Tomlin Press Conference. And then Wednesday, obviously, everyone is off for Christmas. So we will talk to you guys on Thursday. Big shout-out to uh, to our buddy Jacob for producing 
back at HQ today. And a big thank you, obviously, to everybody who tweeted the show today. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We'll talk to you in Thursday, the 26th, the day after Christmas. Same time, same place. High noon, as always, on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.